Hello, Duncan Green here with the weekly roundup of posts on From Poverty to Power. Uh, once again, COVID week. Uh, every week is COVID week. Um, we started off the week with a links I liked. Um, and one of the things that I've been wrestling with is conflicting stories about Africa, about what's going on with the pandemic in different parts of Africa. Um, where on the one hand, you've got surprisingly low figures so far for deaths. Um, no one knows for sure how many people have actually got it because testing is so poor in many countries. But there's still massive fears that because of the poor state of many health systems um, and weak governance and government, that there could be very low defences and that the, you know, the, the, the WHO had a, 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 a warning today that they're very worried about a long-term uh, epidemic in uh, continuing in Africa for f- several years, um, and that just that th- that confusion over whether things are good or bad um, uh, also applies to other developing regions. So, you know, the the, the highest, the steepest upward curves have now uh, in have been in Europe and the US, and they flattened. You've still got upward curves in India, Mexico, Pakistan, Brazil. They're not as steep as Europe um, and North America, but they are not flattening. So, um, but one outlier in all this is South Africa, where actually, in terms of excess deaths, so comparing the number of deaths recorded now compared to a typical year, South Africa is the only country that the FT has um, done the numbers for, which has negative excess deaths, i.e. fewer people are dying than would normally die, because the numbers of people dying from COVID are relatively few compared to the number of people who are no longer dying in road traffic accidents or uh, through violent crime because of the lockdown. So there's lots of confusion over the figures. Um, I'm going to be writing something about that next week, probably because I was I chaired a really interesting panel and this was one of the topics um, on what's going on in Africa and what alternatives there are to kind of importing uh, European ideas of lockdowns and so on. So lots to talk about there. Next up was um, Adajoki Adabayejo, who is a freelance writer based in Lagos, Nigeria. Really nice piece on conspiracy theories. So one of the things that um, uh, that spawns, the pandemic spawn is uh, uh, conspiracy theories about where they've come from. The one she focuses on is not the current news, which is was it invented in a Chinese laboratory? Um, this one is about the link with 5G, with the new mob- new um, phone networks, and the idea that 5G has been responsible, the spread of 5G has been responsible for the spread of COVID. Um, but she goes back a lot further and, li- and shows how c- pandemics through history have always produced conspiracies. So in the 1830s, Europe had a cholera epidemic, and um, one of the conspiracy theories was that this was governments trying to wipe out the poor. In the great big flu, uh, Spanish flu epidemic of 1918, the rumour was that they were spread by German submarines as kind of dastardly um, uh, biological warfare. Those kind of traditional conspiracy theories that emerge in pandemics are now turbocharged by social media, by chatbots, by half a billion Africans. Uh, Adajoki is writing primarily about Africa. Half a billion Africans with internet access gobbling up misinformation um, and so her, her conclusion is that combating misinformation has now become a crucial part of a, of the of any pandemic response because it has become so serious the next day we had Anand Parvis Butts, Amber Parks and Dana Steffoff all of Oxfam uh, writing about coronavirus and the case for care 
Oxfam's been working on this for some years. They've done some excellent reports around Davos. Um, and Anam, Amber and Dana pick up the issue um, and point out, for example, that although the figures for GDP are tumbling, one of the reasons for that is that so much of the increased uh, work going on in the world is in the area of unpaid care. And if unpaid care was included in GDP, GDP figures, it probably wouldn't be as big a fall. Uh, they have an estimate that eight, uh, unpaid care around the world accounts for eight, uh, amounts to 8% of global GDP if you put a monetary value on it. Um, <clears throat> they're basically arguing, I think, that the coronavirus is potentially a critical juncture for a, a kind of transformation in the way we think about care. So the examples they give is, you know, the, the discussion on, on care workers, they are now recognised as essential workers. Uh, whereas before they were very much poor relations, they ninety percent of, of 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 care workers have no social security around the world, so this could mean a different status and a greater degree of recognition by the state with labour rights accruing and so on. Um, critical juncture for the whole issue of water and sanitation, as poor access to water has become one of the big issues around the spread of the virus, um, uh, and. Critical, critical juncture for the whole issue of women's employment, given that so many um, women are in the sectors that are most affected by um, by the virus. So, so what they think that they pick up Arundhati Roy's um, line that the the pandemic is a portal, a gateway between one world and the next, and they're looking for green shoots, things that could make this pandemic a critical juncture for for, for transforming the idea of care. They look they look at mutual aid. Uh, this out, outburst of mutual aid and solidarity across the world. They're looking, and they say that, in particular, a feminist response to 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 COVID is starting to find political expression. They give two examples. So Hawaii has published a feminist recovery plan, which wants to completely put feminism at the heart of the recovery effort. Um, there's a feminist Green New Deal alliance. They think that if that if that wave of recognition of care can find political expression rapidly it could actually turn COVID into a critical juncture for something quite significant uh, on that issue and lastly today Friday is a public holiday in Britain so we went back to our cartoon competition which did uh, which was great fun last week last week we had three categories we had cartoons about lockdown and working from home we had cartoons about politics and injustice and we had just a random funny section and so what we did was take the winners of each of those cartoons uh, those competitions and say okay let's have a best in breed like at the crufts dog show what uh, best in show rather what's the, what's the take the three winners you pick um, and i'm not going to spoil it by telling you who's winning at the moment but it's very close so if you fancy looking at some funny cartoons head on over to the blog otherwise enjoy the sunshine if that's what you've got where you are and have a good weekend bye